0: Alright, hello. Okay, cool. Yes, it's recording. Alright, awesome. So, where do we begin? Um, So, if if anyone who uh, was listening to the soccer news recently, uh, you've definitely caught wind from my story or from general news media, especially from British news media or sports uh, media, that um, the prince of Saudi Arabia, let me just get his name quickly right here, who pretty much Yasir Al-Rumayan Al-Rumayan I'm butchering that name but anyway he's pretty much like the prince of Saudi Arabia or is a Saudi businessman who is the governor of the public investment fund the sovereign wealth fund of the kingdom of Saudi Arabia the chairman of Newcastle United FC and the chairman of Saudi Aramco Uh, I think Saudi Aramco is the the state-run oil company in Saudi Arabia so basically this guy is the he is the he is the wallet of Saudi Arabia uh, lack of a better word so you might think, why is this such a big deal for soccer? I mean, like, aren't clubs being bought out or aren't sports franchise being bought out by rich businessmen anyway? And yeah, that's a fair point to say. Uh, I mean, uh, the Montreal Canadiens are owned by the Molson family, one of the most influential families in Montreal and arguably, well, if not one of the most influential families in and Canada in general. You know this happens all the time, but so what? So what makes this more controversial than the Molson family owning the Canadians? Well, the Molson family is, I mean, I guess this Canadian company owning a Canadian team, and there isn't really a problem with foreign company owning a British team. For example, uh, Liverpool is owned by uh, Fenway Sports Group, which are the owners of the Boston Red Sox and the Boston Bruins. Mm-hmm. I think? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they own the Bruins as well. So basically, all the Boston teams are owned by the Fenway Sports Group. And and they also own Liverpool Football Club, along with LeBron James owning like 1% or 2% of Liverpool uh, shares. And what happened was, as of this week, or last week rather, uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, Yasir Al-Rumayan, Mayan, is not a prince, by the way. He's, uh, oh, I don't know. There's so many princes in Saudi Arabia. Who knows? But <laughs> but uh, let's say, let's call him the pocket or the the... The wallet of of Saudi Arabia. Basically, the amount of money that he can invest in Newcastle United is essentially the entire GDP of Saudi Arabia. So in other words, an entire country's wealth is in one sports club. And you might think, well, that's good for Newcastle United. Now it's good for Newcastle fans, which, I mean, you've seen seen it. If you've seen the videos, Newcastle fans are celebrating the acquisition of their club by... uh, Let's say, let's just say, Saudi Arabia being owned by Saudi Arabia or the public investment fund. Or wait, what's the real title? I'm all on. Yeah, the public investment fund, and there's a lot to break down, and I won't go too much into detail. But the first things first. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna state my biases here. There you go. All right, I'm gonna state my biases here and say, I don't like it. Um, not because it's Saudi Arabia I mean that's one reason but it's I don't like seeing these major multi-billionaires owning uh, soccer clubs because it kind of ruins the sport in some ways I mean that's kind of that's also very hypocritical to say that Fenway Sports Group is like a multi-million dollar multi-million dollar investment group that owns Liverpool Football Club but at the same time you know, you, you have a billionaire that owns Manchester United. You have another multimillionaire, argue, arguably a billionaire, who owns Real Madrid. And so you might be thinking, well, what's a big deal? And I think <laughs> there is something to say about too much money and it kind of kills the competition. You know, they're just going to buy their way to success and they're just going to do what PSG is doing. They're going to do what Manchester City has done. They're going to do what Chelsea has done. And, and you know, just sort of buy big towns and make it to something bigger I mean Chelsea okay I'm, I'm going all over the place right now so I, I'm just gonna say it I don't like it I really don't I think it's fishy I think it's weird and I think it kind of kills the competition second third fourth fifth reason is um, Saudi Arabia is obviously using this to distract people from the amount of human rights violation they committed I can there's a huge list of things that saudi arabia has done that is very 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 que- not just questionable just outright uh, appalling at times you know the murder of khashoggi uh, a journalist who spoke out against some of the some of the things that were done by the saudi arabia regime i mean saudi arabia is also behind a lot pretty much a proxy war with iran oh yeah aaron H- Aaron Hooper, uh, that's a good point. Like, the club deserves success. And I do agree with that. Newcastle does deserve success. And and you might be thinking, all right, so why is it such a big deal? Do you have Newcastle United who are sort of down and about and haven't really been successful? Wait, what did Aaron say? Oh, I feel bad for the fans because they deserve success, especially for their history. I think that is the biggest point about all of this. And this is where the tension lies. Is when you look at PSG... (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yes, I agree with that statement. Liverpool is number one. But um, I, I kind of went all over the place. So let's backtrack. So Newcastle United, let's start with what the history of that club. Newcastle United is a very old school club. It's a heritage club. It's one of those clubs that if you want to talk about Premier League history and football history in general, you have to talk about Newcastle United. They had a huge rivalry with Leeds, well, they still do. They have a huge rivalry with Manchester United, and they're very big rivals against Liverpool as well. And when you you think about English soccer or English football, you think about the northern cities, Liverpool, Manchester, Leeds, and Newcastle. Those are the big cities that define English football today. And some of the biggest talents came out of those four cities. You know, it's kind of like Game of Thrones and all those big historical cities in the north. Think of it as that. But, um... And... And one thing I do love about Newcastle is that they are an old school club with a very dedicated fan base that are that's across the world. You can find Newcastle fans all throughout the world, and that is a weird thing. I, when I was in Scotland, I met an American Newcastle fan from Portland, Oregon, who came out all the way to the UK to watch a Newcastle fan at St James's Park. He showed me pictures of being at St James's Park, and it looked incredible. St James's Park is the name of their stadium, and it's an old school. Uh, Premier League Stadium. When you see it, you're just like, when I see St. James's Park, that's to me, that's the epitome of a Premier League Stadium. You know, it's, it's, it just, it, it's, it, reeks of history. And that's what I love about it. And they haven't really won anything. I think the last time they won was literally 100 years ago, or maybe less than 100 years ago, but it's, it's been, a, it's been forever. And, and Aaron says, I want Newcastle to be successful. Been loving them. Yeah, I agree. Me too. Even though they were shit. <laughs> yeah absolutely no people will think all the fans would be a bandwagon that is also a good point is that now with this new money coming in from Saudi Arabia they're going to buy all these players I think Coutinho was on the top of the list and that is that seems realistic because Barcelona is trying to offload players that they don't need because they're broke and Coutinho would definitely be the first to go and Newcastle will pick him up and he's familiar with British football he's familiar with England so I could see that happening hands down and so, this brings me back to Saudi Arabia being kind of sketchy with their money, and I mean, obviously, a lot of money they produce is from oil money and trades with the West. I mean, they have very close uh, connections with the United States, specifically. I mean, Canada has been selling weapons to Saudi Arabia. That's one. Uh, they have very close connections and and allies with the UK, uh, with with most of the Western world, really, because Saudi Arabia is really the um, The only stable, along with Israel, Israel and Saudi Arabia are the only stable allies that the West has in the Middle East. Iran is not an ally, obviously. And Saudi Arabia is seeing itself as the seat of Sunni Islam and Iran being the seat of Shia Islam, or it's like the symbolic seat, if you will. They're they're immediately at odds. But even if you were, were to remove Islam in the equation, they would still be at odds because of political interest and what have you. Two big countries vying for the Middle East. Um, if you, yeah, I have for those who don't know, I have a masters in religion. So for me, these are things that we cover extensively in our program when I was when I was back in school. All right, so why is this all controversial? Well, as a footballing fan, it is kind of exciting to see. Uh, how they'll spend their money on who and on what, what kind of players they'll bring in and what kind of changes would they bring to such an old school historic club because remember Newcastle United is not like Manchester City Manchester City before 2008 was nothing, was a no, Was a nobody club no one knew anything about them the only people who knew about them were people within England and the hipsters, like hipster soccer fans and and you know Manchester City was, was in the shadow of Manchester United and Next thing you know, you have this huge investment from the Middle East, uh, from from Qatar. Uh, I'm not looking it up right now, but I'm pretty sure it's from Qatar or from UAE. And overnight, they become one of the biggest franchises in world sports and very successful one too. So in terms of footballing performance, Manchester City is very impressive. And people weren't happy about that either because again, it football is inherently a working class sports and there is a very strong... Uh, belief within the culture that you need to earn your way to the top and to buy your way to the top always rub the British the wrong way but things have changed I feel bad for Santiago Santiago Munez I want his success who's Santiago Munez again I know that name it's not it's not coming to me Aaron please fill me in um but yeah so so again, to list my bias, I don't like it. I I love Newcastle United. I love what they mean and what they represent, and I love the history behind that club. But I don't like the controversy around this. I don't like how this is essentially money laundering for this uh, for Saudi Arabia. You know, it's they're they're using this club to whitewash what they do or what they've done and all the uh, human rights violations they committed. Um, I mean for a while They've banned uh, Shia Muslims From pilgriming to Mecca In Saudi Arabia And that was like uh, A thing against Iran But that's really more political Than anything else Uh, If you want to go deeper There's uh, Wahhabi Islam Comes out of Saudi Arabia And most of the Muslim extremist groups uh, Adhere to Wahhabi Islam I don't want to go down This rabbit hole Because it can get controversial Real quick And uh, get away from uh, from football, but I just want to say these things because these are some of the things that these are some of the reasons why people have a problem with Saudi Arabia. And there's been a lot of private investors within Saudi Arabia, not necessarily the country itself, but private investors within Saudi Arabia that's investing in a lot of terrorist organizations throughout the Middle East and Islamic world. That that doesn't mean Saudi Arabia is doing this, but there are people within the country doing that. That's a distinction that I need to make. Um, And yes, just like Aaron, like you said, it is a bittersweet moment for Newcastle United because Newcastle United fans needed this. Mike Ashley, their previous owner, sucks. He's just a horrible owner. He's a British owner, and for a long time, people were proud that an old-school British club is owned by a British owner. But (laughs) he just was so finicky with money. He would never spend it. Uh, Mike Ashley, the previous owner, he would never spend it on buying new players and, uh, and improving it. And... And it's just a, uh, and it's just too bad. It's too bad because like they bought Miguel Almirón from uh, from Atlanta United, which I thought was a great move. Uh, they got Saint Maxime, who, who's turning out to be one of the best wingers in the Premier League right now. Uh, there was a season or two where Jonjo Shelvey was amazing, but I don't even know if he's still in the lineup. Then you have the Longstaff brothers, which is an amazing name, Longstaff, and they're you know brothers in the Premier League. You rarely see brothers playing at a professional level together. And that being said, it was, you know, it still sucked. Like, <laughs> like, the best thing that Newcastle United did was sign Rafa Benitez and he stuck with them and they did pretty okay. And now you have this new chapter where big money, big, big money uh, comes in. Wait, Aaron, what did you say? That's the thing. They need the success and the big names and I want to support them and be happy for them. The sad thing is nothing is going to stop the owners. That's that's the unfortunate reality and the truth. And there's been a lot of pushback where Amnesty International uh wants to have a meeting with the Premier League. Uh oh, okay, we're sorry. Aaron uh Aaron has a question. How do you support the innocent fans? That's a good point. And supporters, innocent fans and supporters, with at the same time not supporting the owners. That's also another good tension, is that how can you I think as soccer fans, we want to see Newcastle fans succeed and be happy. The same way as we feel about Leicester City, we all love Leicester City. We love their story, we love what they're about, and their owners are great owners. They seem to invest in the community. They've owned uh, duty free shops, uh, duty free shops in airports around the world, so their money comes from travel. and And you've heard stories where they give up free beers, and it's like they're very, they give back to the community. They concentrate on the grassroots, and this is where my this is another tension is. A lot of these fans are happy because when the announcement came that Newcastle United was bought out uh, by, you know, Saudi Arabia's public investment fund, uh, they were celebrating. People were celebrating in front of St. James's Park that this is a new chapter. Success will come to them. They've seen what's happened to BSG. They've seen what's happened to Manchester City. They've seen what's happened to Chelsea, where all these foreign investors of dubious backgrounds in nature... Uh, invest a lot of money and brought them success and it's almost because of that success we forget how this money came about and the controversy that surrounds it and i think that's what makes everyone feel uncomfortable a little bit is they play great football psg is so much fun to watch and you're kind of happy to see their fans celebrate and be excited about it but at the same time it's how can we feel comfortable about uh about a country that's committed a lot of like nasty things you know like um for for example laws against you know a lo- you know homophobia and like laws against uh homosexuality in those countries are just like it's it's appalling because uh, Aaron else says because at the end of the day are there any owners like would uh like would provide the same amount of investment without controversy issue is most big owners have controversy that's also a very good point is that A lot of these owners do have uh like who would take over if not the saudis Uh, who knows like bezos (laughs) bezos elon musk uh, i don't know uh some like saputo montreal (laughs) the owners of montreal impact and bologna uh as i said at the top of this podcast the molson family i'm thinking about rich canadian families now but at the same time it's that's that's the thing is that all this is seen within the guise of business it's all pure business you know um they're not thinking about the controversy that's done before everything is all about numbers and money at the end of the day and for saudi arabia this was a good business a good business investment a good opportunity and for fans this was we needed this we want to win we want to bring in the bigger name players we want to feel good about our club and you know rise to the top and reclaim newcastle united glory back in the old days with like alan shearer or whatever and and from a business perspective and from a and from entertainment perspective it's like a a win-win you know where the interests of the fan club of the fans and supporters are aligned with the interests of the new owners which is success and entertainment overall uh Apple should buy Newcastle and make a gold TV show and collab with Ted. Oh my God. I would love to see that. If Apple, if, uh, if the Apple company buys Newcastle United, that, that, I like that idea. That's going to stick with me, Aaron. I like that. Um, <laughs> uh, that would be nice. And, and then for anyone who hasn't seen Ted Lasso, go watch it. I just finished season two. It's amazing. So good. Really good show. And season three, they have the full rights to the premier league. So, they get to use real clubs, real players, and real stadiums. It's exciting. I mean, season two ended with. Uh, oh, actually, I'm going to stop there. Uh, it's a bit of a spoiler. <laughs> um, but yeah, so back to this. I just. In an ideal world, this wouldn't happen. In an ideal world, Newcastle United would be run like most German clubs, which is a lot of the German clubs and the board of directors. It, the fans own, I think, 50% of the shares or something like that. So there's always, uh, in the board of directors at every meeting, there's always one person sitting there who represents the fans. Maybe one, if let's say are 10, maybe like one to two or three of them represent the fans, let's say. And and, and those clubs in Germany can't do anything without the approval of the fans. It's a very, um, it's very grassroots orientated. And that's what I appreciate about the German league is that really care about the fans it's for them it's for the community it's not about making money i mean it's all it's all about making money let's be clear all of this is about making money but it's about making money in liaison with the interests of the fans what do they think what do they feel because at the end of the day these this is the core foundation of the financial institution of football in germany uh using finance as a as a word but at the end of the day it's uh that's not what's happening in england in england it's an open market Anyone could buy it. I mean, like I said, uh, Arsenal is owned by Americans. Chelsea is owned by a Russian. Uh, Liverpool is owned by Americans. Uh, Manchester United is also owned by Americans, I believe. And now you have Manchester City owned by Qataris. Yeah, I think they're Qataris. I, I could be wrong. And Newcastle United is owned by Saudis. And then PSG across the channel is, across the English channel is owned by Qataris, I think um, this should be on the top of my head, but it's not, but um, so there's been a lot of controversy and then there's been amnesty international one of the biggest human rights watch on the planet has called the premier league to uh, have an emergency meeting about this. Cause they don't feel comfortable about this. They don't like the, you know, the moral and the ethical implication of all of this. And a lot, of, I think other premier league clubs wanted to have this meeting as well. I guess from a competitive standpoint, it's kind of ridiculous to have, someone who has over 500 billion pounds ready to spend on anything, it's going to kill the competition. You know, and I grew up watching... I grew up understanding that AC Milan and Real Madrid were the only big-name multimillionaire clubs. That AC Milan and and Real Madrid were the only clubs that bought the big-name players because they can. Because they have the success. Most Champions League, most league titles. They were just the best. And the money came from being the best. And... Now it's changed. It's um, you don't need to be the best to be the richest, and that's kind of sad. And I, you know, that's why I wholeheartedly love Leicester City. I I'm a Liverpool fan, but for me, Leicester City is a special thing because they kind of did it differently. They did have money. They did have a lot of money, but they just it was a different thing, and they they moneyballed it in some ways. And uh, Gabriel says wonder how many more of these cases we'll see in the next decade yeah i wonder too seems like it's just a start and those at the top will continue to get by any regulations put in front of them tough situation it really is and now that's a new question is as fans what could we do you know go to social media and put pressure keep hashtag premier league and keep adding them and saying hey don't do this don't do that i mean that could work with enough pressure But the truth is, if you want to really protest, is to stop watching. You know, if you don't like what this is, you don't like where this is going, the best thing we could do is literally stop watching and cancel all of our subscriptions and to do so that it'll hurt their money. That's the only way to protest this. And as soccer fans, that seems unthinkable and it's uncomfortable. Or the other option is, you know, c'est la vie. Get used to it. This is what it is, you know? And. But I feel like if you if you were in England and you lived there and you lived in Newcastle, your influence could be more direct. you could physically show up and manifest your will by protesting. So it is a tough situation and it's it is a difficult situation. I think I think it makes it uncomfortable that it's it is a state that has done a lot of things that that's upsetting a lot of people, you know So where do we go from here? <sighs> and there's I don't know. I mean, we're now we're just comfortable that PSG is what it is today, but I still remember when PSG was not even mentioned when you when you talk about French clubs, you thought talk, you talked about Lyon and Marseille and you, yeah that's it. Like Lyon, Marseille, Monaco. Those are the three clubs that I under, that I you growing up in the French league. Now PSG dominates all of that. You know, times have changed, things change, you know. And um it is what it is as i've said and it's kind of weird because like whenever i would always play manager mode on fifa i'd always choose newcastle united because they were like a good mid-level club to play and you know they're a historic club that bringing in big players seemed like a realistic thing and uh now it's different now they're about to enter the bigger realm of big boy clubs and it's uh it's funny and also like how fitting it is to be Newcastle United that they are the ones that bought out you know historic city uh big names have come through there big names have come out of there and and yeah it's uh it's weird I I still don't feel comfortable about this and I still stand by the idea that I it should be the sport should be kept to the people but you know now it's becoming playground of the multi-billionaires of the super rich who could afford sports teams you know just buy them at will and be like hey you know i'll invest my money here make more money if they're successful and that's it boom done you know and oh okay also watch newcastle united try to get into the super league in like five years time i'm gonna call it newcastle united is gonna be part of the super league discussion and it's gonna be so ridiculous it's gonna be so ridiculous at that point it's truly that there's no more rules in football it's just there's no more rules And they're going to sign, I don't know, a new coach, a big-name coach, maybe Jose Mourinho. That seems right for controversial for signing, for controversial takeover. And, uh, (laughs) oh, my God, imagine Jose Mourinho is the coach on Newcastle United. That would be insane. And then they're going to get Coutinho. They're going to try to get Holland, maybe Mbappe. Who else are going to sign? They're going to just sign all the big-name players that aren't getting any game time in their own clubs. But yeah, it's uh it's interesting times. I would I wouldn't mind though, to be fair. I wouldn't mind seeing Newcastle United in the Champions League because I feel like that would be an incredible scene at St. James's Park. Because St. James's Park is definitely on my list. It's on my bucket list of visits. Will they still visit after this? I don't know. But um would would Saudi Arabia pull out as investors and owners at Newcastle United? I highly doubt so. I really don't think that'll ever happen and it's uh yeah it's just uh it's too bad it really is and yeah like I remember when I I put on my story about the news of uh, Newcastle United being bought out a lot of you have sent me like links about it and I read them all and it's like yeah this is another reason why I don't feel comfortable a lot of it I knew about it but then like I was reminded of why this is problematic and it is you know, it, it very much is, it's, yeah, it's, it just had to be Newcastle United, and then there's another allegation, or another problem, that this is also foreign power players, or foreign countries who are interested in gaining a level of power within the international political sphere, this is their way of entering, uh, you know, uh, what's the word, a P5 country's culture, because I think the the new thing that's been happening recently in international politics and power has been the control of soft power and the influence of soft power. United States have been the top of that. Uh, Korea has been uh, very su- South Korea has been very successful with that with soft power, that, that, which is demonstrated through K drama, K pop, and this is perhaps as one theory I read is that this is Saudi Arabia's way to influence their soft power within England to make themselves look better before the British public or before Newcastle the one way that the Saudi saturday let me rephrase that the one way that saudis could win the hearts and minds of the newcastle fans is if they invested directly in the city of newcastle and if let's say overnight newcastle's cr- like poverty has you know went down because they invested so much into that city that could happen you know that could totally happen you know uh create all these the uh, charity thing i'll uh, create all these charity organizations for the poor in newcastle for the working class in newcastle that could be a thing. That could be a way for them to win the hearts and minds of Newcastle, and will make it even harder for people to uh, to pressure them out of England, out of the Premier League, out of football. If they're investing in charity work within the city, they could do that, you know. And and if you want to see it objectively, smart move. If you want to think of it subjectively, I'd be worried. Of course, I would, especially if someone who doesn't like this move at all. And I just sort of wish, yeah, I kind of wish it was, uh, oh, there's my laptop, remind me I need to update. But anyway, I kind of wish it was just like, I just, why, why can't we go back to the days where it is rich owners who've had a level of success within sports prior, even in a different sport, reinvesting in a new sports franchise, you know, let's say Newcastle United was bought out by the Molson family as an example. You know, owner of the Montreal Canadiens and decide let's diversify our sports investments into soccer. Let's look into England and invest in Newcastle United, you know, and say one well, of the first things they'll do is sell Molson beer at Newcastle <laughs> and have Molson as like, the main sponsor of Newcastle United. I would love to see that. And something like that wouldn't bother me because we see these things happen all the time in sports. But a country... A full-on country to invest in a, in, a, in a local sports team that's been by the community, for the community for the last 140 years. Is that how old Newcastle United is? Of course, yeah, so in 1881, they were founded as Newcastle West End FC. In 1892, they were formed as, or well, they I guess they renamed as Newcastle United FC, which is today. So they're 130 years old. This is a 130-year-old institution. This is old, man older than most american cities it's it's impressive you know it's like imagine imagine the united states decides to buy out an entire sports franchise in i don't know like a baseball team in japan like that would be that would be really nutty but anyway it is what it is and it's um and to give you an idea how much uh saudi arabia owns they own eighty percent of the club. They own eighty percent of shares. Eighty percent. So they're like absolute owners. And ten percent is owned by RB Sports and Media and ten percent is owned by PCP Capital Partners. Okay, you know, like typical sports stuff, I guess. Typical sports business stuff. So yeah. Um, but one thing's for sure, we're gonna definitely see a lot more uh princes attending games. Uh, we're definitely gonna see uh their training facilities are going to be renovated and be top of the line for sure. Every player is going to be driving Lamborghinis. Uh They're probably going to... the private jets will probably be like Fly Emirates or some fancy airline that's owned by Saudi Arabia. Fly Emirates is obviously owned by the UAE. Um, who knows? They're probably going to renovate the stadium, which I really hope they don't renovate the stadium because... Uh, I love St. James's Park as it is. I've never been, but don't touch that. Leave it as is. It's sacred. It's also, the capacity is 52,000, 52, so that's already big. And one thing's for sure, there's going to be a lot more Newcastle United jerseys, people wearing Newcastle United jerseys all around the world. The bandwagon is going to happen, and it's going to happen, depending on who they signed first. So, yeah. I guess to summarize, I don't like this. <laughs> I really don't. Um... The same reason why I thought the PSG move when uh, PSG was bought bought out by the Qatari group. I thought I always thought that was weird too. I always thought that was uh, sus, uh, to say the least. Um, same when, when Manchester City kind of happened before I became a huge soccer fan, to be honest. like uh, I've heard about this. A lot of my friends, growing, when I was watching soccer with her, are uh, all from the Middle East or Muslim or within the Muslim world. And when Manchester City got bought out, they were all like, oh, this is weird. And big, but you know this seems to be the trend nowadays. You know, next thing you know, some next thing you know, maybe Tencent or or Alibaba is gonna buy some Premier League club, which I don't think will ever happen because of current tensions right now, current political uh, happenings. It won't will probably prevent that from happening. But who knows? You know, things like this will continue to happen. I the only thing I hope for is that it's owned. I hope these new millionaires that come in and buy these sports clubs I just hope they're the people who They're people who understand the interests of sports fans And and understand that this is something that we hold sacred And this is why we love the game Because it's it belongs to us I'm not from Newcastle But when you go to England You understand that people have a very strong connection to their clubs And the sense of ownership of those clubs So yeah, um, I hope they have that in mind Which I don't think they will But it is what it is at this point. And Newcastle United, I'm definitely going to see jerseys on sale like Sport Expert in the near future, which is a weird thing to see. Um, I I definitely want to know what True Jordy and Jimmy Conrad have to say about this because they're big Newcastle United fans. I'm curious what they have to say. But yeah, um, that's kind of my spiel on this. Uh, We're going to see more of it and I'm going to hate more of it. (laughs) Uh, I want to see i just want to see more i just want to see more owners who care about the game that's all i want to see who don't treat this as like a financial investment and don't have i mean all of them will have a level sketchy past behind it for sure 100 percent. but i yeah but anyway all those who just joined thank you for joining poria shin uh subin abu bakar anthony thanks for joining uh if you have any questions, feel free to shoot. Any comments, feel free to shoot. Because if not, I might close this. But at the same time, it's... um, Yeah, it's just... Uh, it's kind of... Yeah, it is upsetting. It's upsetting for everyone. Especially knowing what Saudi Arabia does behind closed doors within their country. And even their... Even their foreign policy is, is, is very questionable and sketchy. For sure. Um, yeah. Anyway... That's all I have to say. And I wouldn't be surprised that everything got bought out by another sketchy another sketchy uh, character. That could be a thing as well. I mean, fun fact. Mbappe to Newcastle. for yo, dude, that's gonna happen. That's gonna happen. They're gonna try to sweep it under Real Madrid, getting Mbappe. Imagine they do that. Oh my god, how much money would they have to spend? Because Newcastle United's cold, man. It's cold and Madrid's sunny and beautiful. So I don't yeah, it's gonna be a lot of money oh and fun as a fun fact uh pablo escobar oh used to own the colombian club millionarios the millionaires yeah i think he used to own them so this is not new in football that i guess is what i'm trying to say <laughs> but anyway so to everyone who uh, came to this live session thank you it's been a while since i've done this uh i guess i'll always do it again I've always wanted to play at Newcastle. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's going to be Mbappe's first statement uh, when being signed by Newcastle. Oh, it's been a dream of mine. I love Newcastle. What a historic club. I've always wanted to play here. What? I do understand their English. Their English is amazing. The Geordie accent. Oh, I love Geordie Shore. One of my favorite shows. (laughs) But yeah, um, thank you. uh, Anyway, so thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, I appreciate it. Even the ones who showed up late. I love it. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for supporting and showing love. Right now, I'm in post production of uh, of a new season of Soccer Pilgrim. I'm talking. To, I'm talking to Arsenal fans. I still have one more interview to do, uh, which I need to get around to ASAP. But other than that, I've done all the interviews. I've talked to a lot of people of different backgrounds, and I'm in the process of editing those uh, those are that that Arsenal season. So stay tuned to that. That will happen. Hopefully, by the end of October, uh, that's what I'm aiming for. And I have big news a big new announcement to go along with this, uh, with the soccer pilgrim, uh, Arsenal season. <laughs> Anthony says, Arsenal fans, LMAO, oh, laugh my ass off. Oh, uh, Space Gaucho just joined us. Hey, Jorge, thanks for joining. Um, <laughs> yeah, speaking to Arsenal fans, uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, talking to them because they all have different opinions, which I found hilarious. Uh, I asked the one. Okay, I'll leave you with this. I asked the one question to all Arsenal fans, and they all kind of gave me different uh, answers. <laughs> uh which was, "What is your opinion of Granit Xhaka?" And if you have an opinion about Granit Xhaka, please DM me. I want to hear your answers. Because um, all everyone, I, all the Arsenal fans I've asked, all have kind of different opinions about Granit Xhaka and I find that hilarious uh, but anyway it's kind of the same thing with Sergio Ramos alright I'm dragging this on I'm going to go because I just downloaded Far Cry 6 and I've been playing it for the last week and I kind of want to get back to that and you're interrupting my session right now on Far Cry 6 <laughs> so again thanks for tuning in Uh stay, stay alert on the Arsenal season and the big announcement for my podcast uh, I'm joining something bigger I suppose so we'll leave it as that but anyway, uh bye for now. Thank you. Uh from Montreal, uh, this is soccer pilgrim. Thank you.